Hey guys, how are you all today? I am freaking fantabulous. So I have my girlfriend Charlene here. She is a blogger, a mommy. She's a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur. What what else are you? You like so many things. I read your blog. I'm like, she does everything. What what else are you? <laughs> I do a little bit of everything. But you pretty much got um, got it all underneath the umbrella. You have to stay at home mom, entrepreneur, um, in school, getting my MSW. Oh my, yes, yes. In my head, I am a chef, so yeah <laughs> so you're team too much so Charlene no the, the name of your blog is the blended blog right yes okay so she runs the blended blog and I've really I've been following her for a very long time online and I like talking to people that run similar communities number one because you all know that I believe that there's enough for all of us to go around and if I can't give my audience what they need, then I reach out to people that I feel can help us in, in you know, in our, in our journeys. Because, you know, she has an experience of being a divorcee, becoming a single parent, then becoming a single mother. And then now she's a chef. Like, she literally, she does, she does everything. And so I liked a lot of things. We're going to go kind of into detail over the some things that I, I saw that you read. But first, before we start. Everybody that comes on this podcast, Charlene, has to tell this mm -hmm. audience that I know I'm crazy audience. You got to tell us what's your <laughs> thing. Like, what this, what's the thing that makes you crazy? Why are you crazy like the rest of us? Oh, my God. I'm probably crazy like the rest of us because I swear I can do it all. And I do not take no for an answer. I'm the person that if the front door is locked, Believe me, you. I'm going around the back. I don't care if I got to squeeze through a little crawl space. Okay, so you I'm like to break to and in. enter. You're breaking and entering. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so let, let me be specific because I always forget to remind people like, hey, I'm going to ask you this question and I kind of put them on the spot, but I like that a little. So this is where you have to tell me like a crazy thing that you do. Like, for example, um, my friend Anita Bentata out of Australia, when I interviewed her, she was like, oh, I haven't owned a bed in 20 years. I was like, oh, bitch, you are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are certifiably nuts. So like, that, that's like, what's your thing? Like, what's the thing about you like that? Like, not to say you don't, you haven't owned a bed, but what's your thing okay, that you so do? Like, one of, like, a, like a quirky yes. thing? Yes, yes. You, ooh, God, you were putting me on. I'll put spot. you on the spot. Because, see, either people have an answer on the top of their heads or they can't think of anything and they're like, dang, I can't tell them that because they're going to know I'm a serial killer. No, because no, I, I, I'm sure I'll do something. And I, I'm sure if I went downstairs and grabbed my spouse, I'm sure he could run down a list of, of crazy things. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that I'd probably do, or at least that drives, yeah, that drives him crazy. But um, on the spot, I mean, I have my little OCD thing. Okay, like, like what? Like instance, what? Okay, I have one. In my car, the radio stations are in order from least to greatest. Um, the volumes, like on the TV, have to be on an even number or it drives me. Oh, my God. So they, <laughs> Your volumes have to be. Oh, shit. Oh, you are like, are you straight? You're yeah. OCD for real. Yeah. Oh, shit. The volume. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not obsessive. Like where yes, I you are. Get other things. 
<laughs> but yeah, like if, if the volume of the TV is not on like eight, ten, twelve, it, it drives me crazy. Okay, guys. I really feel like my skin. All right. So I think everybody that's listened to this, we can all agree she's probably crazy just like the rest of us because I have never heard of that in my life. And I'm sure somebody listening can be like, yeah, I do that too. All right. So tell me, like, I we, I, you know, without die, I don't want to go for the gusto just yet, but you are, okay. you're divorcing and yeah. right. You, okay. So you have, you have co-parenting experience now, step parenting experience and you and your current partner, spouse, partner, have babies yeah. together right so you have hours babies yeah okay yep yep so we have babies together i don't have any step parent experience my current spouse didn't have any children before we got together Ooh, thank um, you, God. so the step parenting yes is, is on his side so you're the um, one that so brought yes, him yes. a drama uh-huh yes yes, <laughs> yes i i i came in came in with, with the baby and, and all my divorce baggage and mm-hmm. yeah so. so let's talk let's let's talk divorce a lot of people listen to this um have experienced that themselves how did you know when it was time to um pull the plug on a, an entire marriage um when i found myself asking whether or not marriage was for me whether or not being um monogamous <laughs> was for me um, and just the fact that we were super young, so I kind of went straight from high school to college to someone's mother and wife all within a very, like, small time frame. So I, when all of my friends were out, you know, traveling and enjoying the world, I was being mom and wife at the age of 22. Oh, so, um, you, you know, were a baby. Damn. I was a baby. I should have listened. And the funny thing is when I was sending out the wedding invitations, I swear in the back of my head, I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I can honestly admit, it was all a society thing. I didn't want to be, you know, uh, another woman, you know, unmarried woman that that has had a child out of of wedlock. Okay, so you you all had the baby first before you got married? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. So when we got married, um, our son was nine months old. Okay. Same thing with my husband. My husband's parents are, are mm. pastors now, but I'm like, honey, you were in your parents' wedding picture, so bloop, doop, <laughs> bloop. No, I, I love, like, I'm blessed with great in-laws, though. Like, so did you have, and, and my husband got married at such a young age, and he said the same thing. He was like, I was so young, like, you know, just, they can, everybody can agree, like, we did not know what we were doing. Did you have anybody to tell you? Did anybody say, Shirley, you don't have to do this? No. No, and I really wish someone, you know, would have. Um, not mom, honestly, not dad, not sisters, no, aunt, no. grandma. No. No one, no one, no one said, you know, you maybe want to rethink this. You got super young, you know, you can, can just continue to, to date and pretty much do what you were doing and then, you know, see where you guys are at and maybe another six, seven years. And then if you want to get married, go ahead and do it then. But um, no, I mean, like you said, your husband's parents are pastors. My ex-in-laws and my mother oh, are pastors. So yeah. I eyes, whether or not they wanted to admit it, they maybe also have reservations. But I think it was also more of the, you know, facade. You know, we, we have to look good. Um you know, in front of our, our church family. So, yeah. no, no one said anything. And honestly, I wanted what my husband's uh, parents had because they've been married, I forgot, like well over 30 years. And that was the 
first healthy relationship that I saw. Mm. So yeah, you know, I was like, you know what, we can be like them. We we can do it. So yeah. And so, how long did you stay? Marry like on paper because I know a marriage ends long before we file for a divorce y'all know that but on paper yeah. <laughs> what would we say so it was two years we got married in 2009 and separated in 2011 and our divorce was final in 2012 oh two years so okay damn yeah so then okay so we talked about on paper <laughs> on paper so oh, let me ask you this before I ask my next question when do you believe that because I know when a judge bangs a gavel, he's like, oh, I now pronounce you divorce. Like you go your separate mm-hmm. ways. You are considered a single person again. But we all know that mm-hmm. the roles of divorce is very messy and confusing. So when was it like over in your mind? For real, for real. When was it done? Was it done like the first uh, month? For me. Oh, no, no. We, we were good. The first year and a half, so probably that 18-month mark, it was just kind of going, um, just going with with the motions. And for me, um, I'm already not really an emotional person as is, Um, so I don't really show too much affection. My love language is more, you know, if I do things for you, Um, Um, because I'm already not... Yes, yes, acts of service. So, uh, one, I'm already not an affectionate person. So, one, in my mind, when I clocked out, it turned into, oh, he was just, like, a roommate because there was, like... Nothing. I was I was done. I, I, yeah, I was I was checked out emotionally, so... Yeah. Okay. So, then, with that being said, okay, 18 months. So, when do you believe it's okay if you know that you're checked out emotionally of a marriage and maybe your partner mm-hmm. is or isn't, when is it okay to consider yourself single? Because I know a lot of people that they're like in the process of divorce or they filed and they're like, all right, mm-hmm. I want to move on with my life. And I want to find love, <laughs> you know, like people do that. And so what, what, what are your, and there's no wrong answer here. Cause obviously we all, there's a right. colorful path to love. So what do you consider? Like, okay, I'm not a married person anymore. Did you consider it when the ink was dry and this is done? Or did you just say I'm out and I'm not waiting on a judge to tell me <laughs> um, I considered it done when we sat down and had um, an amicable conversation and we got together our own little custody agreement and our own form of like child support and we were like alright this is it we're good now we just have to wait for our final d- divorce decree um, so yeah that's when in my mind I was like alright well mm-hmm. that's so deal. nice now did that stick did y'all y'all's agreement stick and it did. It did. So we just recently, God, what was that? It's going to be two years this year that mm-hmm. we went to court and got an actual custody agreement. But from 2011 until 2017, we did our own, you know, agreement. We never, we still don't have a child support order. Like we, you know, well, I mean, our son is about to go to middle school now. So, yeah. you know, we just, he's with his dad, his dad buys him what he needs and I do you know, when he's here with us. But yeah, like we never had like a formal child support agreement. And like I said, our custody agreement worked up until um, 2017. And then that's when we, you know, went to court and got something on paper and we're still good to this day. So what's the reason? Because I know, I mean, I appreciate and I value the way you did it. So with the agreement that you have now that you decided to make, uh, like make into this legal thing, it was like a, a legally binding as opposed to an agreed upon a verbal agreement. Did it change a lot from what you had originally said? 
or even better even better question what was the reason like why if you had a thing a good thing going why would you say all right let's go over here to these people and as they like as a as a hood rats like to say why you put them people in our business so it was we I don't know what happened, but we kind of hit like a period where we just were not getting along. Like when I tell you we were not getting along, like I talked to his wife more than I talked to him. Like she and I would text message. She and I would go out to dinner. Mm. Like I don't know what happened. We just were not getting along. So for um for about a year, um, he had our son full time, and he was with me. On like the weekends because um I, I was going through some things i had um you know just had my middle son um so it was just easier for him to be with his dad his school was closer so we did that once i kind of got everything together i was like all right well you know let's go back to how it, it was yeah and i got what his dad was saying you know he didn't the, the going back and forth type of thing but he was like not budging it was straight up like oh no he he's with me full time and that's that and i was like Oh, really? Say really? less. Say less. Yeah, he was not. I said, say less. And I just went and filed. And we, we went to court. We had the whole mediation. He still wasn't even trying to budge with, with the mediation. Like, he was good with him only coming over here, like, every other weekend. Yes, and I that's know, four what, days a I, month. I still to this day. Four days a month. So we went to court, and, yeah, the judge decided, you know, Half and half. So he's with me one week with his dad um, one week, which is what I wanted anyway. Right. And that's just what happened. So it's, then, it's interesting um, that we mentioned four days a month because in today's climate of co-parenting, especially with mothers predominantly being the custodial parent, we see the father, mm-hmm. the, who is the non-custodial parent, getting the every other weekend. Is that something... Well, you said your husband doesn't have kids from previous... So four days a month my god and you went to court and you said i'm not doing that i hope a lot of people i hope a lot of men that are listening to this understand what this mother did she was not okay with the agreement she and her co-parent had so guess what they couldn't agree they could not verbally agree um and so she did not accept the four days a month that was being offered to her you don't have to accept that either you got up so how, how was the process of going so what you just Cause a lot of people, they just take what their co-parent says lying down. So can you tell us real quick, what, the, what, what was your process from him saying, nah, we're going to keep it as every other weekend to you taking your butt down to the courthouse. Did you have to go to some website? Like some people don't know this. So talk to us like we're kindergartners. Mm-hmm. What was the, what was the steps? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, so actually at least for the state that I am, and you can go right online, get the documentations, fill them out. You just go to the courthouse, you file, and you pay. And even if you don't have the money um, for their filing fees, they have like a sliding scale or some sort of, um, I guess, program if you want to say to help you with the with the fees. Um, so there's so there's really no excuse as to why you cannot go, you know, and handle your business concerning custody. Um, so once I went and filed. Um, I think we, I think they put something in place. So they pretty much kept it as it was for the time being. Um, he ended up going and doing some really petty stuff and going and found like an emergency injunction saying that our son, um, was in danger in our home. Yeah. Like, you know how nasty things can get when money, custody, really nasty. Yeah. People can play dirty, which I 
never thought that he would do that. And I'm gonna, and I can be a pretty cynical person, and I <laughs> don't really trust people as far as I can throw them. But yeah. I really didn't think that he would do that because it's just really not his personality. But he did it. It the, the judge denied it. Was there um, an outside so influence? Kind of, I find when that happens, sometimes there's an outside influence, maybe a spouse or a friend. I really yeah. don't think it was his spouse. She she is really wonderful, and she and my spouse tend to really kind of play the background and try to be like the neutral party. So I don't really think it was her. It could have been more of a, <clears throat> his mama. Okay, but, you know that. Yeah, person. yeah, which is very okay. common. Uh-huh. Yeah, very common. Very very common. Very common. Um, because I mean, even when yeah, even when he and I were together, we tend to have kind of co-parented with his with his mom. But nevertheless, that. That's a story for another time. So sure is. We kind of sort of had that set in place. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another time. Um, so then from there, we went to mediation. We couldn't come to an agreement in mediation. So, so talk about mediation, though. Trial. Like, what is mediation mm-hmm. like for those of us that have not sat in mediation? So you, it's literally you and your other counterpart co-parents and someone sitting in front of you and they just kind of say okay well what did what did you guys have going on and well, what led you up to this point and what would you like to see so you kind of you know give what you would like the other parent gives what they would like and you try to come to some kind of median you know to not have to go to court but again we couldn't come to a common um you know a, a agreement so that's when they just had to escalate on up to court so and so that when the mediator, that. so typically guys, when the mediator's done with you and you cannot make an agreement, because what the mediator says, I mean, they can help you to draw up your legally binding paperwork, but it still has to be signed and fortified. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your co-parenting agreement is like your family Bible. This is the law. This is your family law. And so yeah. um, when you cannot agree, when you get your behind in there and you sit down and y'all are on opposite sides of the table, you can't agree, then um, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta go before the judge. And this person mm-hmm. that doesn't give a damn about you or your child or your child's well-being gets to decide in your child's entire future. So you've given over power, essentially, to a stranger. Absolutely. So then how long was your court date after mediation? Um, my goodness. I feel like mediation was maybe like that May or June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a court date. Oh, I. I think in November and then it took about another month for the decision to come on down and we got it in the mail and I was shaking. Now you're opening up. Oh my God. I bet you of, oh my God. What are they about to say? Like, are they taking my baby from me? Are you a woman dating, engaged, or married to a man with kids? I'm Naja Hall. I'm a stepmom and a certified master stepfamily coach. After many years of running one of the most engaged and diverse blended family communities, I realized that women like us have issues and we experience feelings of isolation, confusion, and fear that are just different from any other role in our family. I've created a space just for stepmoms. This space is different because it provides a sense of community and it's not attached to your social media profiles. I've gathered licensed therapists and specifically trained experts to teach real tactics on how to deal with a high conflict ex, how to connect with your stepchildren, stepmom anxiety, and every other topic you can think of. If I'm speaking your language, then join VIPstepmom.com. A monthly membership costs less than a glass of wine. Sign up for a membership today. But nope, it was it was fifty fifty, right? Like down in the middle, um, as far as 
Yep, 50-50 right down the middle. And I was like, see, this is all I wanted from the beginning. He could have just worked with me, and we wouldn't have to have bothered with all of this, but here we are. Mm-hmm. So, yep, so originally um, our agreement was week on, week off, and we, every Wednesday. So if he was with me that week, then he would go with his dad that Wednesday. So recently we have modified that on our own because, we just thought that was stupid. Like, like I got what they were trying to do so the child wouldn't be away from the other parent for so, so long. long. But in the middle of the week, they're just kind of everything. Um, so we just changed it up ourselves. So we just switch on Fridays. So like this, so up, this upcoming Friday, Africa, he's with me for the whole following week. Okay, so after mediation, after court, many of us have done that. You know, you like you're putting. I feel like family court kind of pits family against one another. You created this child with this person, but Absolutely. now you're on opposite sides and it's war. Mm-hmm. But then you still have to mm-hmm. co-parent after this person mm-hmm. that you have waged, you have to co-parent with a person that you've waged war against. And so yeah. I, I kind of want to talk about the dynamics after court because, you know, people are pissed. You're like, because he mm-hmm. he did mm-hmm. some things that caused you harm and you, he, you were shocked by his behavior and he was like, so... What is it like? Like, who makes it? Who extends the olive branch and saying, "Hey, this Wednesday's not working for us"? Like, who who does that? How does that go? So, after um, court and the decision came down, it was right like right before Christmas. So, the custody agreement said that um, we had to pretty much rotate. So, if I had him like Christmas Eve and the Christmas morning, he would go with his dad. Christmas afternoon, evening, whatever the case may be. So I got to pick that year. So I picked Christmas Eve um, going into Christmas morning. Um, So I think I said to my son, like, oh, you know, like, mommy, like, I'll see you tomorrow night or something like that. So his dad texts me like, oh, I don't think that you should, you know, do that through our son. Like, I'm assuming that you're taking Christmas Eve. <laughs> like, I laughed to myself because I was like, ooh, you big man. He's and I okay, was going to so... be like, nana, nana, but <laughs> I was very much You know, I was like, I said, well, it was more of just kind of like a finale, just kind of like a, oh, baby, like, I, I'll tomorrow. I said, I was going to text you. So he extended the olive, olive branch and invited my spouse and I over. So we sat down and, you know, we talked about the custody agreement and, um, you know, obviously things had to be shifted about as far as vacations and things now that the custody was in play. So, you know, we sat and we talked and we moved things around and, um, you know, compromised and different things. Um, but like I said, that was almost two years ago. So, coming into present time, we are in a much better space. So I think this past summer, um, they asked me if I would be willing to flip-flop weeks um, because my son has a friend um, that when he goes over there, he likes to hang out with them. And his parents are in a co-parenting situation. But that child's mother is not as um, compromising as I am. Okay. So that that child's father was like, "Can you please ask, um, you know, Julia's mom, and she'll be willing to flip flop weekends so they can play together?" Because he was like, "My ex is absolutely like, like they not happening. do yeah, not happen. Like they trade off at at a precinct. Like that's how serious Damn. their thing is." So I was like, "Oh, yeah, sure." So in the midst of us switching, you know, weeks and things, we were like, you know what? Also, this Wednesday thing is not working. And he's probably like, oh, my God, I was thinking the same thing. Yes, let's cut that. Basically, basically, they were like, oh, my God, yeah, we were thinking the same thing. Like, this Wednesday in the middle of the week thing is, like, just awkward. 
so yeah, so like I said, um, you know, here we are. We compromise a lot. Um, if he's with, you know, them and he's out of school and, you know, they work, they're educators, um, then, you know, he'll come over here. I'll text him like, hey, you know, Jude doesn't have school. Do you, you need me to come and pick him up for you? So yeah, so we're in a very, you know, good space now. And a couple of weeks ago, we all went out to dinner to talk about the new school year. I had posted about that. So yeah, so yes, we, we laugh that. and talk and we have a good yeah, yep, yep. So we have a group chat and everything. So yeah, so we all get along very, very well now. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that there's this other kid because your 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 son is able to see the both sides. He saw his parents be able to mm-hmm. compromise for his best interest and the family's mm-hmm. best interest because it's two households now that he lives in. Yeah. But then he also yeah. has a friend who has a jerk for a parent who is not flexible. I'm sure, I'm so glad you did yeah. that because I'm sure those boys really need each other because there's things that they don't tell either one of their parents. Absolutely. They probably oh, sure. really need one another. So that was a blessing. Mm-hmm. So looking mm-hmm. back, you were the one that kind of wanted to, and I know after a person ends a relationship, somebody's mm-hmm. going to be more hurt than the other person. Like when they say a heart breaks, it doesn't break mm-hmm. even. Do you have any insight to share? Um, And maybe this is probably be a question for the person on the receiving end, but after you break up, after you say, hey, this marriage ain't working for me, I don't want this. That means your ex-spouse had to kind of deal with some feelings. How, and and I I know you can't, I'm not asking you to speak for him. So let's speak generally. How is a person Mm -hmm. to deal with that when they're not expecting their family to come apart or spouse to lose interest? Like, how can they most healthily deal with it? Because it sounds like he's dealing with it in a very healthy way. He's not bitter or resentful towards you because he could very rightfully so be. So how does a person, not him specifically, but how is, what, what's the best way for a person to just deal with that stuff and say, okay, well, damn. Um, self-reflection. Self-reflection in therapy. And not because I'm studying to be a therapist. But yes. I, I'm just a huge advocate for therapy and self-reflecting. I tell anyone that comes out of a marriage, a long-term relationship, you need to spend time by yourself. Yes, silence is deadly because you cannot escape your thoughts, but that also gives you the opportunity to self-reflect and really take a look at what part you played in the demise of your relationship. Now, whether you were the one to initiate the breakup or the divorce, or you know, you were hit by, by a train you serve divorce papers everyone plays a role um you know no matter how the the relationship ended everyone plays a role and until you really spend time by yourself you cannot deal with all the issues because deep-rooted things that you didn't even realize were still affecting you are so you have to spend time by yourself jumping from one relationship or one bed to the next bed is not the way to go because all you're doing is just rug sweeping it and you're taking that on in to the next relationship oh honey in time by yourself at least three months before you even begin to entertain someone now if you're good at separating your emotions and you can maybe have this sexual relationship with someone to get your rocks off then great but most especially women are not able to do that and some men as well are not able to separate the two so if you're one of those people that cannot then i just recommend spending time by yourself go out to dinner by yourself Go to the movies by yourself. Travel by yourself. Learn to be by yourself. You How do you be know? Let me ask you this, Socialine, because you said something important. You said if you're one of those people that can't do that, 
than be by yourself. But I find that the people that need to be by themselves are the main ones that don't allow themselves the time because they just cannot be alone and sit within their own thoughts. How do you know if you're a person that needs to take some damn time? How do you know if you're the person that cannot jump from one serious relationship to the other without taking a break, which most of us aren't, but. Yeah. So if you are one of those people um, who seem to can't be by themselves, then you find yourself going from relationship to relationship, like without a break in between. So you were with this person for a year, then you were single for a month, and now you're dating this person. Two months later, you're in a serious relationship. That you were one of those people that you're, you're codependent. You don't like to be by yourself, or you don't know how to be by yourself, or the thought of being by yourself frightened you, whatever the case um, may be. Um, and then for those that can be um, by themselves, I feel like those are the ones that um, maybe push people off or a little too cynical, i.e. me. <laughs> um, I, I'll keep you at, at arm's length. I am one of those people, like I said earlier, I'm not emotional. I'm one of those people I can have a sexual relationship without the emotions not saying that that's you know good or bad mm-hmm. but i'm i'm one of those people i'm good being by myself i love being by myself but then when i get into a serious relationship like i am now that i have to work on the whole okay you can't just get up run away out because you need yeah you can't just run away i wish y'all could see my face right now i'm like yeah, I wish I could see my face right now. I'm like, shit, me. <laughs> yes, you can. Tony knows. Tony knows I will, I will run away. I will. You will find me over at LaGuardia International Airport. I will. You know, sometimes I really feel like, especially as a woman, um, and you have, you like, stay-at-home mom, my God, and then you're still pursuing the master's, and you're parenting a tween, and then you have two more, and you just had a little baby, right? Just had one. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yes, yes, you are doing, and you run the blog, like you're doing a lot. Yes. And so what do you do to take time so that you don't snap and go crazy? Cause you're like me, I'm a person that has to have alone time or I'm very unhappy, but you have yes. all these kids living in the house. You got to take care of this man and his needs. What do you do though to escape? Yes. Um, so my business is thrifting. So honestly, thrifting is like my, my go because I'll go, I'll put my earphones on and I will just zone out. Um, During the day, really no one's home because yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but the boys go to daycare for a couple days a week because I need that who, like postpartum depression hit me hard with Mm. with my last, my last, I didn't, like I did, but baby, when I tell you that mess had me in my old, my midwife's office like, "Mm -hmm." You, you better do something because you don't it's see not, me on the news. You yeah, better, like, you better come. So it's what, not working. So, let's yeah, go so into I'm that fine. a little bit. Let's like, because now we're talking about PPD. You know, we're actively talking about it. It's yeah. something, but I feel like a lot of husbands don't understand what postpartum depression mm-hmm. is. Um, I remember my mom told me she had it severely with me. And, you know, way back then, how old am I? 22, 24. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah, you laughing kind of hard. Yeah. Hold on, you laughing because it ain't that damn funny, Charlotte. No, so, <laughs> so she told me, she was like, Naja, I just remember you were the prettiest little baby I had ever seen. I had got back down to a size eight two mm-hmm. weeks after I had you. I was happily married. And she was like, I would cry mm-hmm. every day. 
she was like, and my, she's like, my, your daddy just would look at me and be like, what's wrong with you? Like, everything is good. Like, what is wrong with you? And it caused so many problems with yeah. them. Cause she said, I didn't know how to tell him what was wrong. And she was like, what, my really? great aunt and my grandma came over and what did they call it back then? They didn't call it postpartum depression, like the old days. The baby, baby, blues. baby blues. Yeah. They're like, oh, you just have the baby blues. So we're going to take the baby mm-hmm. and you go. Mm-hmm. And that helped her a lot. So, and you said you yeah. went over to your midwife. So that's a beautiful thing. But yeah. how, how did you know that you, you weren't, something wasn't right? You know, you had two other babies and I'm assuming it was different, but how did you know that yeah. something ain't right right now? Mm-hmm. I am, I'm going to be so honest because I know that this will help so many moms out there. How I knew my spouse was down here on the sofa talking to his brother on the phone. I was upstairs giving my my toddler a bath and the baby woke up and was screaming at the top of his lungs. My toddler, if water hits him in his face, he swears he's drowning. So he's screaming at the top of his lungs. The infant is screaming. My spouse is down here on the phone acting like he don't hear these babies up here crying. And I kid you not, I stood up and took a step back. And it was like I had an outer body experience. And something in my mind said, drown them. I mm. lied to you not. So, drown them. Fill the tub up. Stick them both in there. Drown them. Mm-hmm. Then get in the car and just drive off. Eventually, they'll, they'll catch you. Like, I knew what the repercussions of that was. I knew the gas is going to jail. <laughs> you kill them, gas is going to jail. And this was that. And if the cops don't catch you and your spouse catch you, he going to kill you and then he going to jail. So in that moment, I literally, I snapped back and I snatched my Tyler up out of the tub mm-hmm. and turned off the water and came up and was like, I got to go see my midwife. I was like, I got to go see my midwife. And I was really with her. Yeah, I was like, I have to go see her now. And she looked at me, she was like, I'm so happy you came. Yeah. And she referred me over to a therapist who saw me that day and put me on Zoloft. And ever since then, I have been... I've been good. I have not had those thoughts. But yeah, those thoughts are, are real. Like I had thoughts of harming myself, like throwing myself out the window when they were screaming, but I had never had thoughts of harming them. But yeah. in that moment, I was like, drown them. And it, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll stop. It'll stop. You just needed it'll to stop. stop in that damn moment. Stop. Like, Especially when he was downstairs, Kiki and Kaka yeah. with his brother without a care in the world. Mm-hmm. You just, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm. Didn't even realize what was going upstairs. I could have very well. Well, been upstairs drowning both of his kids, and, and I was just and I was just gonna walk right on down the steps, grab my kids, drive away, the car, and drive just, away. Thank God that you away. had. The, so you knew to do that, and hopefully by listening to this, there's some mm-hmm. woman out there because you know we all have this good angel and bad angel or whatever our subconscious, however you want to say mm-hmm. it, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with PPD and you're dealing with the hormones fluctuating after giving birth, then you cannot control that. Some people can't control it to the point. So what did the Zoloft do? And I hope there's a lady out here. If you're contemplating, oh, I don't need medication. So it's a chemical thing. You can't fight the chemicals. You can't fight the hormones, girlfriend. So what did the Zoloft do? And how many, like how many, what was the dosage that they gave you? So they gave me. Uh, 25 and they ended up upping it 250 and I take it one time a day um, and it pretty much just kind of mellows you out it takes a couple of weeks for it to you know get into your system but really, really what are you doing in the meantime then lots of therapy so I was going every single week and seeing um and seeing my my therapist every single week so we would you know have these talks and different things and I finally, you know, sat down and had the conversation with my spouse and he didn't get it. And I still don't think he can fully, and that's okay. I get it. I mean, he, he, he's a man. I, I get it. But he, 
tried his best to understand it. So he really, you know, stepped up and really began to kind of, you know, just help out more. Not that he wasn't helping, but, you know, help out more. I mean, with the new baby, it was only so much he could do. You know, I was nursing him, but when I wasn't nursing, you know, he would take him. We kind of did like these shifts, um, shifts, like he's better at night. So he would take the baby at night. He would only bring him up to me for me to nurse him. Other than that, he would stay with him at night. And then I would kind of do like the daytime wow. thing and he would help me out. Yeah, he would help me out during the day. But the, also the awesome thing is that his job, he had paternal leave. So he was home with me. I cannot imagine if he would have had to go to work and I would have had to have been home with both of them, how that would have went. But on top of the PPD, I think I really got it bad because the baby was, he was a preemie. So we mm. had a long NICU stay. Um, how long I was ended having NICU stay? It was a two-week NICU stay. Then he ended up being back in the hospital in July for another 10-day stay. So it th- this whole experience, this whole pregnancy and birth was very traumatic for me. Very I had an emergency traumatic. C-section. We had a home birth plan. So I go to the hospital with a headache, and the next day I'm having an emergency C-section. And not because I had, um, oh, God, was it with your blood pressure? Preeclampsia. Like, yeah. A late detected heart condition and they had to snatch him out so thank god had i not went to the hospital for my simple headache i probably would end up having my home birth and who knows how yeah. that would have ended his heart rate was in the 300 so yeah but you know my home birth turned into an emergency c-section he ended mm. up being a preemie we had a NICU stay he was at our children's hospital so i didn't get my postpartum care because i'm walking like I didn't just have emergency you know major surgery I'm walking these long hospital hallways like like it's not nothing I had never had any type of surgery I had never even had an epidural before oh so my all of this was like so I read something that said the more traumatic your birth um more than likely the the, the more extensive your postpartum symptoms will become like, cause you are still traumatized. <sighs> and I so then, I'm still so back to the Zoloft, cause I'm really interested in the drugs and um, especially how they change the chemical makeup and trying to help mm-hmm. people to understand that you're not a bad person. You're not weak. And sometimes right. we all need help. We need to these yes. chemicals yes. Uh, to be recalibrated. Yes. And so you said it took two weeks mm-hmm. to get into your system. And then what, like, what is, I don't know what Zoloft feels like. What does Zoloft like, feel like? I feel like when I take my Zoloft, I don't want to say that I feel high, but I feel more mellow because I'm I'm a type A high strong person. <laughs> anyway, I'm very I'm such a busybody. Like my mind yeah. can go a million and two miles power. I'm multitask and be all over the place. So it really helps me to kind of zoom in and focus. Like, all right, you're sitting down, you're writing a blog write your blog stop jumping up to go and do x y and z and then coming back to your blog and later it just really helped me to focus if both the kids were crying you know at the same time i didn't feel like i was going to lose my shit excuse my language mm-hmm. i didn't feel like i was i was going to lose it mm. um you know having a toddler and a new baby that would be my oldest was almost eight when i had my middle son so I didn't know what it was like to have a toddler, you know, and a new baby. So that was new for me. Oh, my God. The adjustment. Um, yeah, so Zoloft, it just, uh, wow. you know, helped to really just know. Like, I didn't feel like I was myself, but not 
day. Yeah, but not but not in a bad way. Like I was able to get more done without feeling all this pressure of like, oh my God, you have so much to get done. If it's not done, then you failed for the day. I was kind of, you know what it was? It gave me like a, a fucking attitude. Like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> didn't get the laundry done today. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> No one's gonna die. No one's gonna die. The laundry's not that. Hey, you yeah, don't have underwear. Die. Guess what? Don't wear any. Oh well. I like that. So it just kind of gave me that. I don't give a f attitude. <laughs> That's awesome. Like the kids you said, the monkey. Okay, so the floor needs to be mopped, but mm. are you gonna die because? All right. So you step in and it's a little sticky. Whatever. That's and, awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it helped my oldest and my spouse to not point things out to me as well, because you know they they tend to, to do that. Like for example, with the sticky floor, like stepping like, oh, mom, it's sticky right here. Clean and it I up. Shoot, like you know, like that that death look that you have to throw at people. Like, well, are you not capable of wiping up the sticky stuff? I don't understand. Why? What are you telling me for? Like, right. when was I hired to be the maid? In, mm. in in this house, I'm confused because I'm missing some salary then or something. Right, right, right. So yeah. So it kind of okay. Smell of me on out. It gets you back to your to who you are essentially mm-hmm. anyway, and kind of calms you. I get it. I hope that um mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope that there's some people out there that I know that's surely not suffering from PPD that still probably could pop a pill or two of Zoloft. But yeah. <laughs> All right, Charlene. Yes. So I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you all day, but I'm so glad we had a chance to have this conversation. You all, I need you yes. to go and I need you to get your phones right now, everybody. You, whether you're listening, you're driving to work. If you're driving, do not text and drive. But if you're on the treadmill, I need you to stop <laughs> what you are doing. Charlene, uh, give them your links. Give them your blog. Give them your Instagram. Give them all your stuff. Absolutely. So uh, my Instagram is blended blog one. Um, my web site is blended-blog.com. My email is blendedblog1 at gmail.com. So feel free to contact me at any of those uh, places. I'm trying to get better about dropping blog posts. Yeah, it's hard though. It takes a long time to like, yeah. It takes a long time to like write these blogs. I'm like, so active on social media. I'm like, I need to be more like that. Girl, no, listen. I I posted yesterday. I was like, you know, last week I had a very, very busy week. But yesterday Mm -hmm. I literally sat on YouTube and Facebook and and had literally a fight like to the death about um who won the better the double XL rap cipher. Like who made who was better, Meg the Stallion or this other rap? Yo, yeah, like it was like to the death. I was like, yo, I'm I'm gonna come and kill you. Like, you know, social media can really So, you know, we see people doing all these things on social media, but literally yesterday, my day was about fighting and thre- I threatened a person's life because they did not agree with my stance on who won the rap battle. So listen, I feel like we put all this extra pressure on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like, um, I plan my social media posts out, you know, so I don't have okay. to go and touch okay. that stuff for 30 days at a time because I needed to be, I needed that to be something that I didn't have to think about. Yeah, I you and I you and me gotcha. to talk offline. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I do to make it so I don't have to touch little tedious things every day. Um, thank God I have a team of people okay. to help me now. But you know, if I had to do it on my own, on my own, I would hate that. 
but it's totally possible. You be on Zoloft too. <laughs> yeah, I be on girl. I I eat damn Zoloft like they were Flintstones vitamins. I be popping them like candy, honey. <laughs> Absolutely, I would. I would go crazy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Charlene, my friend, my new friend, my sister. I appreciate you. I'm gonna share yeah, all the, everybody within the sound of my voice. I want you to go to the blog right now because you'll see a beautiful picture of Charlene. You'll get her bio, and most importantly, you get all her links. I need you to like, support, and follow. I know I'm crazy. I'll see y'all next time or I'll, I'll hear you next time or y'all will hear me see see, see? that's why I'm crazy <laughs> I know I'm crazy